Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, head to www.sexedwithdb.com and buy some of our hot new merch. Follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast. And if you want to advertise with us, shoot us an email at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. This week, I chat with Daniela Gilsands. Daniela is a designer, activist, and co-creator of the Period Game, a board game designed to teach menstruation in a fun, engaging way with spinning ovaries. She uses her design skills to advocate for comprehensive sex ed, menstrual equity, and ending toxic masculinity through her personal work and her work on campaigns from brands including Trojan Condoms, Axe, and Seventh Generation. Let's welcome my friend, Daniela. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Isle. Isle is a collection of high-performance, reusable period care products centered on body positivity, ethical business, and sustainability. Isle, previously known as Lunapads, has an entire line of reusable pads, cups, and period underwear that's made from sustainable, technical, and safe absorbent materials. Find out more at www.periodisle.com and use promo code SEXEDDB to get 20% off your first purchase. Follow them on Instagram at period aisle. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Clona Willie. Clona Willie has been all about dick since 96, and all kits are hand assembled in Portland, Oregon. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase of any Clona Willie or Clona Pussy kit at www.clonawilly.com. Follow them on IG, at clonawillykit. FemFun is a family-owned and operated brand of adult pleasure products centered around the belief that all intimate curiosities and fantasies should be explored with full confidence. With that in mind, and a mission to break sex toy taboos, they launched a movement coined FemPowerment, committing to the human desire to explore new experiences. Embrace the vibrations. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your purchase at www.femfun.com. That's www.femmefunn.com. Follow them on IG at FemFun. How do you like our new podcast logo and banner? Andrea Forgotch is the queer, fat, feminist artist behind this incredible artwork. We're absolutely loving the abstract sexual goodness that she brings in all of her beautiful illustrations. So, whenever you need some art that is unapologetically there for you, go visit andreaforgotch.com. That's andrea, F-O-R-G-A-C-S.com to commission your own piece or download one of her illustrations in the shop. Follow her on Instagram at andreaforgotch. Daniela, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Thanks for having me. Okay, you know, there's no surprises here that we're taping this, taping, you know, what are we in the 1980s, but recording this in the corona times. So 
pretty weird, pretty strange, but I think maybe at the end of this app we'll have like a corona corner where we can maybe talk about like how the coronavirus has impacted like this sect of health, if that sounds good. Maybe we can kind of think about those kinds of things, but I'm okay, you know? Yeah, no, that that seems like everybody's state. We're all adapting to these new times and, and doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can, and I'm so excited to have you on today. I'll let you introduce yourself, but go ahead and please tell us your name, your pronouns, and your job title, whatever that means to you. All right. Um, I'm Daniela Gilsands. I use she, hers, and her as my pronouns. And my job title, I'm a designer and also the co-creator of The Period Game, which is an educational menstruation board game um, with spinning ovaries, among other things. The coolest. So cool. Um, Okay, so incredible. So what is your background um, and how did it kind of lead you to co-creating The Period Game and who did you co-create it with? Yeah, so my background is in design. Um, Starting from like way back, my mom is a graphic designer, my dad is a structural engineer, and like the perfect intersection of those things is industrial design. Cute that both (laughs) your parents have those backgrounds, and that's what you're doing. I know it's a little, it's a little weird. (laughs) It worked out too nicely. (laughs) Um, And so yeah, so I kind of always knew that that was a thing that really interested me, and like objects and things that could make people smile. Um, And then I went to RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design, to study industrial design. Um, And that's where we made the first version of the period game. So actually, senior year, um, I took a class called Design and Play with Cass Holman, who's like one of the most awesome people you'll ever you'll ever hear about you should google her she has an amazing episode also on uh abstract season two of netflix um just a little tangent there but we had this class that was designed and play and it was all about obviously the intersection of those things and um everybody was tasked with designing a game about the body and it could be any type of game and any body part or any bodily function um and so my really good friend ryan murphy and i who had had almost all classes together for like two years, but had never worked together. And we're like, we're going to do this together. And we decided to do a menstruation game. And so at first it was, I had a, a good friend working at Dear Kate's at the time, um, which is in period underwear brand. And we had been talking a lot about periods and it felt like that that was such an obvious choice of like, this is a thing that there's no standardized way to learn about. And it's always mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable and play could make this way more fun and way more engaging and comfortable. And we had to do that. Um, and Ryan was a little hesitant at first. <laughs> I think, um, he, was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we need to make a period board game. But <laughs> like, is that, is that kinda... what we're going to do? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I built a strong case, and we kind of approached it as though he was the pre-menstruator, obviously as somebody who had not had a period. Um, and I became more of like, I guess, the seasoned expert as a menstruator. Um, and we did like the tampon in the water demo and how to put on a pad and just like broke down everything he needed to know about menstruation and kind of figured out like, what were things that I was taking for granted? And he was saying, like, what are things that people have to absolutely know about? And how do we turn this into a game and make it really a compelling way to learn? Um, and so that that's what became the period game. Um, and so we did it really for this class. And the first version, I should tell you, it's, it's a very visual game, but just to describe. Yeah, um, please. 
in the center of the board, there's like an abstracted menstruating reproductive system. So it's got these two ovaries um, at the top that you spin, and when you spin them, different marbles come out, and that's what determines gameplay. So a red marble means you got your period, a clear marble means you move forward one space, and a purple marble means you leaked and you go to the nurse's office. And so that's, <laughs> that's so cute. As like the functionality is kind of like the big statement piece. And so the very first one we made in college was like wooden and plastic and very complicatedly made um, as, as it could be when you have access to like wood chops and all of those things, which was really exciting. Um, and we made it over the course. So we made this first version over the course of six weeks for this class. And so every week you had different play tests with classmates. And this kind of amazing thing happened where we watched so many people who were really uncomfortable with periods and who like really didn't want to play this game at first start to get on board and start to play and start to open up and all of these dudes kind of asking like wait really like you can have tender breasts as a sign of pms or like wait really this is how long your period might last and like people who had never had a space to ask questions before being so excited to ask these questions and that really just starting to change the whole dynamic of the game and the classroom and the way people started talking about periods in this incredibly liberal art school context. That's awesome. So you really got people like adults also, like people who are in college to like really open up about periods. And it sounds like especially cis men had like a, a really visceral kind of reaction in a good way. Yeah. And that's something we've actually seen like so repeatedly. Um, and I think, I mean, it's something that, like, I think about constantly because when we go into classrooms, it's usually, like, cis boys who are the first people to get super excited and be like, I got my period and, like, be fully on board with the game. Um, and I wonder if that's because, like, they haven't internalized this stigma or this taboo and they're all of a sudden given a space to ask questions and they're just so curious and they don't have this, like, inherent shame. But it is a pattern, like, over and over again that cis men and boys are the first to come around and be fully on board with the game. So interesting. Um, that's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about like the kind of like goal of the game, like as a player of the game, you kind of mentioned, you know, these two ovaries that like you turn and there are certain marbles that kind of distinguish like where you're at in the game. Can you talk about like who, who your target audience is also like, so we can picture like who's playing this game and where, and kind of a little bit more about, like, how do you win? Yeah, so the goal of the game is to be the first person to make it all the way around the board. And there's this kind of circular board, um, and there's four different spaces representing the roughly four weeks in your menstrual cycle. Um, so the first space is just hanging, because you're not always thinking about your period. Then you have ovulation, which is when the egg leaves the ovary. Um, then you have PMS, and that comes to life in a bunch of different symptoms across the board, both psychological and physical. Um, and lastly, you have period spaces and you've got regular periods, heavy periods, and a swimming period, which you can't use a pad for. Um, and so the goal there is just kind of to like bake in this inherent learning. So you're already just like, as you come into contact with the board, learning about the natural like cycle and the progression of events as they might occur to you. Um, and then the way the gameplay works, it's also you get your period somewhat irregularly as they're dictated by this marble system um kind of mapping out what's happening in the first year of your period where it's not as consistent as every 28 days and for some people it's never as consistent as every 28 days um 
And then we have a bunch of different cards. So on each of the different spaces, you have to do a slightly different task. So on a PMS space, you'll play a different PMS protection card, um, which will be things like talk to a friend or get a good night's rest um, and just different ways to kind of take check of your emotions and realize what's going on um, and how to how to handle that. And then there's also protection cards for period spaces. So you'll have pads, tampon, a super tampon, and a menstrual cup. Mm. And so you can play different combinations of those depending on whether it's a regular flow or a heavy flow. And you have a, like the menstrual cup has a secret power in that it's reusable in real life. And so because we told an eight-year-old testing the game that she said, I'm going to keep this card because you said it's reusable. Um, and so since then, it is now a reusable card because you get to keep it the whole time. So worth every other card, you'll have to play it down. And there you get to just kind of show it, um, which is very cool. So cute. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, and so is this for like fifth graders in schools? Is it for like, what's the age range? Yeah, so the age is really six and up. Um, we've tested in schools at all different ages from fourth grade to eighth grade um, and seen really various results. It's We've also played with 20 year olds and 50 year olds. And honestly, you are never, it's never too late to learn more is, is what we've learned. Um, but definitely we see them in a classroom context um, and also in a home context. So whether it's like with your mom or at a sleepover or in a classroom setting, um, we've really been selling it to both and been testing it and using it in both scenarios with a lot of success. Oh, that's so cool. Something really fun that I kind of recently learned as an adult about my period or about just periods in general is that every other month, like the ovary switches that yeah. like, releases the egg. So like one month, like in December, when you get your period, it'll come from your right ovary. And then in January, if you get if you have a regular period, then it'll come out of your left ovary. Like I had no idea that that switched every month. Yeah, no, it's really it is really cool. That's wild. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure you had to do a ton of research before because obviously as a menstruator, you know, we have our lived experiences, but there are a lot of facts out there about periods. How did you go about kind of delving into becoming the period queen and really like knowing all the facts. Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> um, yeah, that was um, definitely really important to us. And also like coming at it from a design perspective, making sure that we were aware of all of our shortcomings and making sure that everything we wrote was super triple fact checked um, and that the, we had this like educational backing. So we read everything, like every period book you can imagine. I've read it. <laughs> um, and we, then kind of distilled that into like the key information. Um, and so along with the game, you have what you learn in the game and then you also have this educational booklet that it comes with, which has like a lot of these harder hitting facts or like really gets into like what the fallopian tube is beyond being this thing that marbles go through. Mm -hmm. um, and so for that and for the whole game, we once we thought it was in a really strong place, we had it tested with gynecologists and puberty experts to make sure that everything we were putting out was completely accurate and educational and a strong resource. Oh, that's so great. Congrats on all of your success so far. That's really Thank awesome. you. <laughs> um, okay, so transitioning a little bit to like your personal sex education, um, kind of growing up as a young person, um, what was that like for you? Um, were you kind of in the camp of like 
wow, this is trash, or more so in the camp of like, wow, I guess I got really lucky compared to people who I know, or somewhere in the middle. I feel like typically when I ask people this question, um, they're, they fall in either one of those camps, but where were you, um, and also specifically around periods, what kinds of stuff did you learn? I was so lucky, and oh, I had good. no idea how lucky I was, and I think that that's the thing that, like, in doing this game, the number of first period stories or, like, health class period stories I've heard is so many, and it's, I really had no idea how lucky I was, and just kind of being exposed to, to every, I mean, oh, how do I say, I, yeah. I'm gonna a lot, of grat- a lot of gratitude. A lot of gratitude. Yeah, I um, grew up in New York City, and so I think that that also already made it like a lucky experience. But I had an amazing health teacher um, who, in our lesson about periods, we did separate girls and boys. Which actually, I'm excited to say, New York City, it's no longer allowed in public schools oh, for you to separate classes by gender, which is awesome. That's yeah, but we did at that time separate girls and boys. Um, and our health teacher wrote vagina on the board huge. And she would not start the class until every single person was chanting vagina at like full volume, which was amazing. And I think like, I think about that all the time, like how comfortable I am saying like vagina or period or menstrual. And like, and I think a lot of it, I mean, a little bit is who I am, but also a lot of it was like that. Like we were all there just chanting vagina. Um, and that was so amazing. And we talked about periods and I had also been really lucky. I had read the period book with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. And so even going into the classroom setting, I kind of already knew what was coming. Um, and so I feel like from both a home perspective and a school perspective, I was in like a really safe environment that invited questions and gave so much information. For sure. Wow. That is super lucky. And so when it comes to stuff around periods, I'm sure it was the same in terms of it being really comprehensive and really normalized. Was it more so kind of, oh, like this is just something that happens and we're so if boys and girls were separated, does that mean boys weren't learning that piece of the education or what what do you remember about that? So boys were we were separated and they didn't learn that piece of the education like initially and then hmm, I'm trying to, that must have been sixth grade and then in seventh or eighth grade we all had to um put on pads like we had to we had to do a demo of like how you put a pad on and I don't know what we it wasn't underwear but we put it on something I'm, I'm trying to think what we must have put it on um and that you had a partner and so all both girls and boys did have to learn how to put pads on and how tampons work and so they were in the initial but lesson, but then they were invited in later um, and required to learn that, which was really amazing. Gotcha. So do you think you creating this game partially has to do with the fact of like, oh, I got such good sex education, such comprehensive, medically accurate, non-shaming sex education, and like I want other people to feel that way, that they're getting that through playing this game? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, we have so there's so many instances of people having to teach sex ed who are health uh, who are gym teachers or right. who are science teachers or even math teachers who just like end up having to do it because nobody else wants to do it and i think that there's obviously like it's it's an awkward thing to talk about that's the way 
it's like I wish it wasn't but it, the truth is in the classroom setting it's hard to make it not awkward um and what we want the game to do is to like normal as much as possible and also be like a boxed up lesson plan almost like like it's like because play breaks your because play breaks down your barriers and makes you so excited there's like this competitive edge where you just want to win <laughs> and so when you're like so so determined to win you don't realize that you're asking somebody for a pad or that you're like celebrating getting your period because there's just kind of this like competitiveness that overtakes you and and breaks down all of those discomforts. And once one person does it in the class, you can immediately see how that then changes everybody's demeanor. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do you do that both for the teachers who maybe don't want to teach this or for the kids, like for the young people who are learning this, how do you make it the best experience on both sides for everyone involved? Um, and I think, yeah, like I know that I was really lucky and that's something that I want to share with everybody. But I also know from doing this that there are so many people who thought when they got their period, they would bleed every day for the rest of their life or that mm -hmm. thought they were dying. Like we laugh about Carrie, but like that's a reality for so many people. I mean, obviously not to the end, but like that <laughs> initial feeling is a reality. And like that's still happening and that's still happening today. We went to a, a classroom, um, in Brownsville, New York, where they had weekly sex ed classes about HIV and condom use and all this amazing stuff, but they'd never had any lessons on menstruation or on PMS. And all these people were like, wow, this is what's happening to my body. And I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's so much to cover. Um, but like, how do you make that as condensed and as fun and as positive? Because when you have like a, when you learn about periods in a positive association and you're having a good time, that helps decrease the stigma that's inherently attached. It helps make it seem more fun and more normal. And once you ask somebody for a tampon in a game, you're gonna feel way more comfortable asking somebody to borrow a tampon in real life. And these, you're modeling behavior right, that you're you practicing. need to learn to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you have done these kind of focus groups, I'm sure you've seen kids get, like you mentioned, super excited. Like what other kinds of things are they telling you? Like what are they kind of seeking like other kinds of games like that? Like do they want to learn about like wet dreams or do they want to learn about like erections or kind of other things in this capacity or like what what kinds of other things have come up from this period game? In pretty much every classroom I have gone to, somebody has been like, when is the penis game coming? When is the, <laughs> when is the wet dreams game coming? And then they're like, you have to give us credit. And it's like, yeah, yeah, everybody gets credit when we make that game. Um, but it is without fail. Someone says that and it's like, yeah, we're, we're on board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, all sorts of feedback. It's really also interesting. We tested in private schools and public schools. I went back to my middle school actually, which was like, this nice full circle moment um and I tested with, with my same health teacher um and that's been really nice to also rekindle our friendship now many many years later uh -huh. um and but like in I've had nine-year-olds try and buy it on the spot which was like really funny that's um so I had sweet. people <laughs> yeah no, it was it was awesome I had somebody who was like my mom works at Planned Parenthood who was 10 and I was like oh my god what's happening <laughs> who are these children they're amazing oh my god um, I had, we've had people really like get emotional without like for all of a sudden like having language to describe what was happening to their body that nobody had ever provided them with. Mm -hmm. It's been a real range of reactions. Um, 
pretty consistently, which has been very cool to watch. That's are there anyone who who's been like, oh, like this is kind of made me like more uncomfortable like has you has it been people who are like oh wow like I didn't realize that kind of like all this shit was going on when like did not like bad reactions necessarily but are people kind of like oh like this is making me like a little confused or making me a little like nervous to get my period if you haven't menstruated or was there any of that going on actually no um we have people like hesitant to play at first but really, by the end, a lot of the people who are hesitant will come up and, like, even starting in my initial college classroom and be like, this changed my view. I didn't want to play this game, but I do feel like I learned or I feel more comfortable and I understand why this game should exist. And, like, a lot of the time, those people at older ages are people who had really negative learning experiences. And at younger ages, it's, again, I think a lot of it comes from like this stigma and then just kind of breaking that down and then reevaluating after the game. And we try and always leave when we go into classrooms, like a 10 minute discussion period on the back end for people to discuss among the class and ask questions. Oh, that's um, great. Like a little Q and a exactly. And just like even amongst each other and just sort of like, okay, what are things you learned? What are things that surprised you? And what are things that you still have questions about? And so all of a sudden you're creating that space once everybody's already a lot more comfortable. Totally. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, a couple more questions. So what do you think, like, the future of the period game is? Like, if you were to say kind of, like, your goals, and kind of I wrote this question a little jokingly, but we kind of talked about, you know, the penis game, or I wrote, like, a menopause game, you know, that's also part of, you know, of the female reproductive, like, system life whatever like no one talks about menopause is my point and not that necessarily that's the same age range but I'm, I'm just like picturing kind of like a whole series of board games in this capacity and like what what are you thinking what are your goals when it comes I mean that's to... <laughs> like is that it that is my dream you're literally <laughs> describing my dream um yes the the penis game the menopause game these are all things that I would love to make, we would love to make. Um, and I think it's really figuring out. So the period game, we had a successful Kickstarter last year. We're now available on Amazon and on our site. And we're in a whole bunch of schools through our Kickstarter. We were even able to donate a bunch of games to schools, which was really amazing. Um, and so we're still kind of selling our first production run and seeing where the most natural fit is and where the home for these games are. And then I think growing that and seeing what the penis game looks like, what the menopause, what the menopause game looks like. <laughs> the menopause. <And> exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and then we've got some other ideas rolling around. I think there's a lot of sex ed topics that could be made way more fun and comfortable. Um, and that's, now, what, yeah. What are some of those kinds of topics that you feel like, oh, this, this kind of is, would be perfect for a board game or an app or another kind of game? Um, consent is one we've been talking a lot about. I think mm. that that's obviously a tricky one. Um, but we've seen some amazing, even like at the preschool level, ways of like describing consent really abstractly and starting to like introduce that as it comes to hugs and different physical interactions between young people. Um, and I think figuring out a way of doing that through play and really getting that idea across, obviously it's a very hot topic now and one that obviously needs to be taught in 
more just generally <laughs> just um, forever in every capacity yeah and no. as clearly as possible <laughs> it's interesting you yeah. say that because i like i used to work at an after-school program for middle schoolers and i before i would facilitate my lesson they always picked like an improv game that we would do as an icebreaker and one of the games i literally like learned these games in my own improv classes that i took um as like an improv student and uh basically one of the games was like everyone was in a circle and you couldn't move until you looked someone in the eye, said their name, and they gave you a yes. And that way you can move to another part of the circle. And kids love practicing no. And we should let them do that. Like we should. There's, That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that, with like really incorporating games and play into these topics. Because like you said, like being competitive and like normalizing kind of like those questions and that behavior and even if kids are going to be like uncomfortable or they're going to laugh or they think it's silly or maybe the whole game all they say is no and like that's okay like we I think our point of kind of incorporating those games was making sure that those kids like obviously were having fun but also were grasping at the idea that like you should be able to state your boundary if you want to, um, and if the, if your boundary is no. So I, th- I totally agree. I think consent would be a really interesting one. Yeah, no, and I think that that, like, everything you described, and I think so much of play is modeling behavior, and I think we talk about that in, like, health class and in teaching of, like, how do you get everybody to practice it? Practice saying no. Like, as a realistic consent, it's like, how do you practice saying no? Because... It isn't something that we are taught to do, um, particularly as women. And I think that like having people, having a space to do that and practice that is huge. Yeah, I don't know that I said that great, but you no, know what I mean. That was that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> so okay, so anything else that you kind of wanna uh, chat about or kind of like mention? Do you want to maybe share like your social media, like where people can can find you and find the game, and um, if they're interested in buying it and all that jazz? Yeah, we are at Period Game on Instagram, periodgame.com on the internet. Um, also on Amazon, if you just search The Period Game. And our Twitter is also The Period Game. And Facebook is The Period Game. Wow, that's wow. a lot. How lucky just threw it at you. you got all the same like handles. For us, we could not get that. Some have the, some don't have the. Okay, that's the honest truth. Okay. Instagram doesn't have the, everybody else has the. Okay, that's fantastic to know. <laughs> And in terms of um, where people can buy it, so Amazon and, and your website, are those the primary places? Those are the primary places. And we're in some stores in New York and in Berkeley. Um, oh, so if you're there. Oh, Berkeley. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Is there anything else that you want to talk about um, about the period game? Because if not, we're going to talk about the Rona a little bit. And we're going to maybe check in about how Corona kind of intersects with with period stuff and inequities let's do it hell yeah okay let's do some rona talk because you know we're kind of debating like i like i mentioned like whether or not really to mention corona because corona 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 is all everyone is talking about that's all everyone's seeing on tv and in in one capacity like it's enough already like we already we already know the harms and in in like in another way we don't because clearly people are like still not really taking it seriously and not really understanding like how 
this is exacerbating current inequities, whether that be people who aren't able to go to work or people who, you know, can't pay their rent or uh, people for what I've been thinking about a lot is I'm currently on my period and my family, I'm in my family home in California and there's not enough toilet paper to like properly dispose of my tampons. Like, I don't know if you've been thinking about this or if you have any kind of comments, but this is kind of a, the main thing that I've been thinking about is like for people who are homeless or experiencing homelessness who are also menstruators, they already have trouble accessing toilets, accessing hygienic, you know, things like water to clean themselves, um, things like period supplies, like tampons, pads, cups, etc. And I am just thinking like, holy shit, there's no toilet paper in grocery stores. And how am I supposed to like properly dispose of my tampons in my own house? Like I'm already lucky enough to be able to like, depend on my family for, like, extra support and food and a place to stay, and, like, yet we're running out of toilet paper. No one seems to have it, and, like, this this has been the thing that I've been thinking about most. Can I get your thoughts, Daniela? What do you, what do you think about this? Yeah. You said a lot of no. things. I mean, I think menstrual equity is, like, a huge issue already, and the fact that we don't have access to period, pro- for, access to period products for everyone, and and I think, yeah, you're totally spot on in talking about the homeless populations and all of these people who are not able to get period products or not able to afford period products. And then also on top of that, you still have the tampon tax in most states. Um, and yeah, none of that stops. This pandemic doesn't stop any of that. Um, and as everybody is stocking up on toilet paper, I know you see all the all the Instagrams, all the content of everybody at Costco and everybody with massive amounts of toilet paper and I imagine people are similarly doing that who are able to for period products, but it is something that as we, as we move forward, like absolutely we should be providing period products for everyone, especially during this time, but just in general. And I think, I think Jennifer Weiss Wolf is doing some amazing work um, and wrote actually a great piece about period products during the pandemic in Newsweek um, and also the period organization Um, And we all just continue as we like donate food and continue to volunteer for our seniors thinking about period products as another thing that you can donate and you can help hand out and supply in this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, it's really wild because even also if you think about like, oh, if if you're in your own home and you're kind of conserving toilet paper, right, say your new wiping method is like two squares per wipe or whatever, whatever you're doing, like people with periods who are who have heavy periods who are bleeding profusely like that isn't gonna cut it like that's that's not gonna work so like the whole rationing thing is like yes we can do that and I will bleed all over my clothes if I don't have like proper sanitation that's just like not it's not gonna be good and I if I'm someone who has access and who is lucky to have period products and like an extra roll of toilet paper like we really need to be thinking about how if we have an extra five ten fifteen dollars like of course food super important but we're we're often not thinking about period products and these kinds of things that people in need are in need of all the time let alone during a global pandemic yes absolutely i could not could not have said it better totally (laughs) in agreement 
Um, yeah. <laughs> are, are there any other kind of ways that you can kind of think of connecting kind of like Corona stuff with, with period stuff or with any other kind of like health issue um, that maybe we, we need to bring to light? I mean, I think it's just like having everybody being as informed as possible. And I know that reading the news is scary and it feels like a full-time job, but I think that the more seriously that we can take this, the more that we're able to help out the people around us and volunteer to get groceries for any senior neighbors and stay indoors truly as much as possible. I think like that's the most we can do. I don't know if it's the most we can do. It's the least we can do actually. (laughs) I I changed my mind. Um, But to everybody to do that and to take this as seriously as possible and to be as informed as possible and have open conversations with people around them um, and really just kind of stay in touch. Um, And you're making me think I'm going to, as soon as we hang up, look for the best resource of where to donate period products and share that along because I think that that's an absolutely great idea and something that we should be pushing out. Um, So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited that you have been able to share your knowledge and expertise. Um, and I'm so excited that we are able to have you on. So thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been, it's been awesome to be here. Really appreciate it. Need a new vibrator? Meet FemFun. With an innovative approach to research and design, FemFun always strives to create products that truly fit all bodies and desires. Not all orgasms are created equally, but with over 20 unique items to choose from, the possibilities are endless. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your purchase at www.femfun.com. That's www.femmefunn.com. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram, at femfun. Isle is a woman-owned, social mission-driven business based in Vancouver, Canada. Their goal is to help people have better periods through knowing their bodies and making positive choices. Each of their reusable pads replaces 150 disposables. Check out all of their amazing period products at www.periodisle.com and use promo code SEXEDDB to get 20% off your first purchase. Follow them on Instagram at periodisle. Ever look at your penis or vulva in the mirror and be like, damn, my part is art? Clona Willy definitely agrees. The original penis casting kit, Clona Willy and the classy counterpart, Clona Pussy, are easy to make, sex positive, and body safe. While Clona Willy makes for the most personalized sex toy on the planet, Clona Pussy makes for the most unique memento. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Check them out at www.clonawilly.com and use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase. Follow them on Instagram at clonawillykid. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalow, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast. Tune in next time.